Whether we believe in our capacity for self-government or whether we abandon the American Revolution and confess that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives for us better than we, we can plan them ourselves. The we choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. We are advancing constantly, and we're not interested in holding on to anything except the enemy. We're going to hold on to him by the nose, and we're going to kick him in the ass. We're going to kick the hell out of him all the time, and we're going to go through him like crap through a goose. I think it's time we ask ourselves if we still know the freedoms that were intended for us by the founding fathers. I have a dream to one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. We lose freedom here. There's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. Welcome to the Stephen Ferguson Show. News Talk 1520-KOKC. It's been a uh, very traumatic week as far as just just kind of everything. There was a shooting in South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, very deranged man killed nine people in a church, and uh, he was. I mean, it's it's kind of weird how the national conversation just exploded as soon as it happened. We have people on the left wanting to blame the right, the right go in automatic defense mode. And it's kind of weird because what you got to do is just call a spade a spade. The man was a racist. The man was absolutely racist. Was he conservative? Absolutely not. You go, you just read his little, you know, quote unquote manifesto that he had. Gawker has it up. It is, it's, it's just rambling. It's deranged. It's, it's absolutely moronic. I mean, he's comparing, He's trying to compare dogs and cats and how they have different breeds and different personalities to different breeds to humans. And I mean, it's just very deranged. I mean, he's like, well, well, if, if, if different dog breeds have different personalities, why can't we expect humans to have the same? And, and I understand what he's trying to get at, but humans aren't dogs. Humans, you know, we have, we have the, we have the, the ability to reason that's one thing that separates us from the animal world. We, we can reason. We can, you know, we can, we have free think. I mean, animals can free think, yes, but n- not in the same way that we can, that humans can. Most humans, anyway. <laughs> but, but the man was just insane. Should he had a firearm? Absolutely not. I, I agree. He shouldn't. He probably should not have had a firearm. And uh, there's been a lot of, I don't even know what to believe. There's been a lot of things said that his parents are the ones that bought him a gun. And then it came out that he actually is the one that bought the gun. And then it come out that, you know, he probably couldn't even have passed a a background check because he was already a felon. So how did he get the gun? Because if you're, if you're a felon, you can't have a firearm. You, You can't pass a background check. So, I mean, all the measures that the left wants to put up were there. How did he get, I mean, everyone's wanting to strengthen background checks. Well, this is a simple background check. Whenever you go to buy a firearm, whenever they, every time you buy a firearm, this is not like you do it one time and then you're good to go to buy firearms every time. Every single time you go into a gun store or Academy, Walmart, 
even at a gun show, you know, those evil gun shows that everybody wants to talk about, every single time you go to buy a firearm, you have to fill out one of those stupid forms and they, they do a background check. They call a number, I guess it's to the FBI, I'm assuming, and they put your name in, your social security number, all that information. And if you come back as a felon, you can't buy the firearm. They won't let you. It's illegal. I hadn't heard that he was a felon. Yeah, he was already a felon. At 21? Yep. Mm. Yeah, he was a, uh, a very uh, sick person. I mean, he was obviously mentally ill. I mean, you could see, apparently he has a, uh, he had his website, uh, he had a website published and wasn't really much on it, but he had his manifesto and he had a lot of pictures on it. I mean, he was burning American flags, very, uh, very anti-American in there. He was very pro-Confederacy is what it looked like. So, I mean, the man is not conservative whatsoever. He's a radical. Yeah, he's very radical. And anyone that wants to try to, you know, want to say that the Confederates were conservative, absolutely not. I mean, we can go back through the history if you would like. It was the Democratic Party who was the KKK. It was the Democratic Party that was the Confederates that wanted to secede from the United States of America. If you remember, Jefferson Davis was a Democrat while Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. And then we, we, and then we have the argument all the time, well, they, they changed over the years. Oh, did they really? Did they really change over the years? Because whenever we get into that argument, then they, they'll claim Woodrow Wilson— but they won't claim Hoover, who was a Republican, which he was a progressive Republican, but he was a Republican. But then they'll try to claim FDR, and then they'll say, well, well we changed. Well, okay, does that mean that uh, Kennedy was a Republican, really? No. Kennedy was a pretty conservative Democrat, but he was still a Democrat. He had, he had very, very Democratic leanings. I mean, he was, he was a social liberal whenever it came to that kind of stuff. He was fiscally conservative, but he was a social liberal. He was a Democrat. You can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can go back through the entire history of all these of all these things, and and they just can't they can't do it. But anyway, just to go back to that, our thoughts and prayers are going out to everybody in South Carolina, especially the families of those that that lost loved ones. And and what's going on in South Carolina is absolutely amazing. They're they're praying together. They're they're out there. That whenever they go. Uh, you know, they get together in these large groups or something. All they do, they're just singing songs. They're not, they're not tearing the town apart. They're not rioting. They're just, they're just praying and loving each other and saying, and, and just being there for one another. Isn't that amazing how that happens? Yeah. A lot different than Baltimore, huh? A lot different totally than Baltimore, different. Ferguson. I mean, it's totally mm. different, but I mean, it's, it's really sad. I mean, and then, the people that want to come out and just politicize it just right off the bat is really just bad. And I, and I thought about, you know, just coming on today and saying, screw it, and let's just go to politics. If you want to go politics, let's go politics. But I don't know. The more we get into the show, I might get pissed and do it anyway. But I don't know. I just don't want I don't I don't want to because it's just not the right time to do it. I mean, it's like the president. We have this clip. Go ahead and get that clip ready. He had, we had this clip, and he's in the middle of saying, you know, it's a time of mourning. And then right afterwards, he just can't help it. He just goes right into political stuff. Go. Now is the time for mourning and for healing. But let's be clear. At some point, we as a country will have to reckon with the fact 
that this type of mass violence does not happen in other advanced countries. And at some point, it's going to be important for the American people to come to grips with it. And for us to be able to shift how we think about the issue of gun violence collectively. So whenever we come back from the break, I want to go over this. He says that this type of violence doesn't happen in other countries. Well, I have a whole lot of data that explains otherwise. So come back with me and I'll explain. We'll be right back. You are listening to The Stephen Ferguson Show on News Talk 1520 KOKC. In an ever-changing world where violence is on the rise, where the laws of the land protect the guilty and condemn the innocent, in times like these where murder, rape, assault and battery, child molestation and burglary lie in wait to pounce on the weak and the innocent, Roy Jones and Tim Campbell want you to know there is a legal, simple way to protect yourselves and your loved ones. It's called Concealed Carry. Roy and Tim teach a biblically and spiritually based Concealed Carry class with only your protection as a goal. They have been featured in the Baptist Messenger, several men's and women's magazines as well as local newspapers. They have references and will even come to your church to teach the classes. The bad guy has a plan. You need a plan to protect yourselves as well. The classes are only $50. In Luke chapter 11 verse 21, Jesus Christ said, when a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. Give Roy and Tim a call today. Call 405-659-1276. That's 405-659-1276. Or visit them on the web at campbellselfdefense.com. Fort Reno may have begun as a simple military camp in 1874, but one of the most intriguing stories is the fact that Fort Reno, it was once home to the 9th and 10th Cavalry of an all-black regiment called the Buffalo Soldiers. In 1907, they became so highly respected for their bravery, poise, and skill in battle that military leaders, they appointed the 9th Cavalry to teach future officers riding instruction, mounted drill, and tactics at West Point Military Academy until 1947. To learn more about this story and all the activities going on at Fort Reno, visit fortreno.com. Org. Sometimes one person can make a difference. A classroom aide who stays after school to help a student understand a problem, a computer technician who retrieves a once lost term paper from a disc, or a doctor who has run out of options on an operating table. Each of those careers may require one thing that is not being taught in today's classrooms. Critical thinking. Instead of learning how to copy and paste phrases from Shakespeare, or how to repeat dates they may or may not have read in a history book, students should be learning who and why they were fighting on St. Crispin's Day and why that date is important. The school building should be where students learn to think critically, solve problems, and cooperate with each other. This week, instead of asking a student about a date or asking them trivial repetitive questions, ask them to solve a problem that will take more than a single sentence to answer. These skills are critical in shaping the future of the United States of America. A message from Stephen Ferguson and Apollo Radio Arts. Welcome back to the Stephen Ferguson Show. So the president just said that this, uh, this type of mass violence doesn't seem to happen in other countries. Actually, he just said it does not happen in other countries, and we're just going to have to figure out how to deal with it. Basically, what he's saying is he wants more gun control 
And he was saying, well, this is a time of mourning, but let's go ahead and get political with it. And let's go ahead and start talking about how to control guns. Because as we all know, if we just make everywhere a gun-free zone, there won't be any shootings. Oh, by the way, the church was a gun-free zone. You cannot take a gun legally into a church. Um, so I guess the, the criminal did break the law there. Uh, every single school shooting that we've ever had um, has one thing in common, at very least. They're all gun-free zones. Um, Chicago is a damn big uh, gun-free zone because if you ever go try to buy a gun in Chicago, unless you're doing it illegally, going you know into some neighborhood and finding a guy that say, hey, man, here's 300 bucks. Can I get a handgun? If you want to go buy a legal gun in, in Chicago, you can't do it. It's, it's very hard. I think it takes almost a year to get the right paperwork done just to be able to, to buy a handgun in Chicago. In fact, I believe it was um, uh, Brad Thor moved out of Chicago because of this. Um, Brad Thor is a novelist. He was actually part of the CIA Red Cell uh, a group that basically what they did is they brought in people that, that are very familiar with uh, foreign policy, very familiar with um, uh, military type stuff, very familiar with intelligence type stuff, and uh, they bring him into war game different different scenarios. Brad Thor is a part of that. Uh, Brad Meltzer is a part of that. You probably know Brad Meltzer from the History Channel. He's always on there doing stuff. Um, they're part of the Red Cell unit, and they go in and they war game things. Well, Brad Thor is very outspoken, and he can't he can't defend his family. So I he moved out of Chicago. He moved out of Illinois, just just so he could be able to protect his family you can't possess a gun in chicago i mean what's the rule like if you went out of state and bought it or went somewhere else and bought a gun can you bring it into the city I you mean, can i believe i don't know the exact law because i don't live there yeah. but i i know that to be able you can't carry one they don't have a concealed, concealed. permit there um so you i believe you can have one in your house but just to be able to buy one legally, it takes so many, you know, you have to jump through so many hoops. It takes so long that you might as well just go buy one off the street mm-hmm. because, you know, I mean, if you're, if your family's in danger, you're not going to wait nine months to get the paperwork to go through to protect your family. You're just going to say, Hey, I've got 300 bucks. I'm going to go buy a 12 gauge from this guy off the street and protect my family. You know, so that, that's, that's, that's what happens a lot. And then what happens a lot is the, is gang members, they'll go out and they get $300 or $400 or $500, whatever kind of gun they're wanting to buy, and they'll just go buy one off the street. That seems what happened. But anyway, so mass killings don't happen in other countries. It just happens in America because we're evil and we have the Second Amendment. So uh, did we forget about Charlie Hebdo in France? Uh, this was January of this year where two gunmen entered the office of this uh, satirical magazine in France with an assortment of guns. Uh, we They had automatic weapons, actual automatic weapons, not like the quote-unquote automatic weapons that happen over here that are actually semi-automatic because our media and our congressmen and our president don't know what the hell they're talking about. Whenever you have to pull the trigger one time for one bullet, that's a semi-automatic. Just because you... Just because it, it, it looks mean doesn't make it an automatic weapon, does not make it an assault rifle. Uh, an AR-15 is not an automatic weapon. It's not an assault rifle. It's a sporting rifle. It's semi-automatic. An automatic weapon means you can hold the trigger down and multiple bullets spray out. Sometimes it might be a three-round burst, or it could just be you know straight automatic. There's a big difference in that. Well, these two gunmen had automatic weapons. They had handguns. They had all kinds of weapons. Well, they murdered 11 people and injured 11 more. 
That was in France in January. And then after leaving, they killed another police officer because the police officers in France, by the way, don't have weapons. They have batons and they have mace. So maybe if that police officer had, uh, had, had maybe a firearm, he might have been able to bring one of them down maybe, or maybe both of them. Who knows? I mean, we had the guy in Texas, the cop in Texas, that brought two of them down. But uh, this police officer was unarmed, so he was unable to bring him down, so he was murdered. And then in a marketplace catering to Jews, another five were murdered and 11 more were wounded by the same people. So that was just in France in January. And then we moved to 2011, a deranged man uh, killed eight people by setting off a, a, a bomb in a van in Oslo before going on to murder 69 more people, mostly children at a summer camp. But I'm sure Obama doesn't remember that. He just left the White House and visited the Norwegian ambassador's residence to offer his condolences after that happened. But he just doesn't remember, oh, that, that, that's, a, uh, that's an advanced country or a developed country. Whatever kind of qualifier he puts out at this time, he makes these statements all the time, but he, he always puts these different qualifiers. He always either does advanced country, uh, developed country, or, or, or some other kind of stupid qualifier. Oh, back in February of this year, nine people were killed in the Czech Republic in a killing spree. In uh, Germany, a couple of years ago, an expelled student murdered 13 teachers and two students and a policeman. That same year in a Serbian village, uh, a gunman shot and killed 14 people. Many of them were his own relatives. And a Russian gunman opened fire with a semi-automatic rifle, killing six people. Those are all advanced countries, by the way. A couple years before that in England, a lone gunman killed 12 people and injured 11 more. And in England, again, the police officers are unarmed. They have, they have batons and mace. And uh, in England, guns are completely banned. So... Uh, Good luck with that. In 2013, a mentally unstable man in Rio de Janeiro uh, killed 12 children and uh, seriously wounded another 12. Oh, Rio de Janeiro, that's not really a developed country. They're just going to be hosting the Olympics. Um, You might remember that in China, had an outbreak of mass stabbings, hammer and cleaver attacks not long ago. Remember that? Oh, that's not shootings, though, because in China, people make on average about $3 a day. So it's kind of hard to afford a $300 gun. So what they do, they go get a hammer or they get a knife or get some kind of a weapon and they just beat you to death. So that's that. So after that, that was um, he, one man stabbed 22 children by himself. Uh, two attackers killed 29 people and injured 143 at a Chinese rail, uh, railway station. That was with a hammer, cleaver, and a knife. So you don't need a gun to do that. But these mass violence type type attacks, they don't happen in other developed countries. Oh, China, that's not a developed country. They just have more money than we do and own most of our debt. Oh, and they're uh they're hacking into all of our uh, our internet sites and getting getting some of our government workers personal mm-hmm. emails and personal information. So, yeah, that's going to be real interesting coming up soon. So, it should be noted also that there were a couple of nations in Europe that were pretty advanced just a few decades ago that were putting millions and millions of people in ovens. Yeah. I I would say that the Nazi Germany was pretty developed at the time. They were, uh, they were killing Jewish people pretty, and it wasn't just Jews. You know, you know, the first part, you know, you know, the, 
why the first person Hitler killed and uh, who it was. I don't remember the name of it, but it was a handicapped child. The first person, first person that Hitler killed was the handicapped child. Why would you, why would you keep a handicapped person alive? Not going to be no use to you. Not, not any use to this world. Didn't represent the, uh, <clears throat> supreme race very well. Yeah, the master race. Yeah. No use to us. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to take more than he produces. He's going to consume more than he produces. So he becomes a part of the final solution. Yeah. So that was just, I mean, that's quite a bit. I mean, I'm sure if we, you know, spent a little bit more time looking, we could probably find a whole lot more going on in these other developed countries. But then, oh, Vox, uh, this is that stupid website that tries to act smart, but they're they're dumb as hell. <laughs> and uh, they, they really do. They try to act like they're just these... Uh, I don't know, philosophers of the left, but they're they're about as dumb as you can get. And they tried to come out and say, well, Americans own more guns than than every they, they've put like the population of the world, which is somewhere around six billion. I'm I'm going off memory, I don't have it in front of me because I didn't want to I didn't want to waste paper on something that Vox wrote. But <laughs> and it's Vox V as in Victor O X, if you want to look at all this stupid stuff. But they put they put the population of the world, which is somewhere I think was like 6.2 billion people, mm-hmm. and then they put the the amount of people in the United States, which brought up to I think like four percent of the Earth. It's 312 million people, and then they put the amount of weapons on Earth, and then or the amount of firearms on Earth, and then the amount that Americans own, which I think came out to like 40 percent or something like that. And I'm thinking to myself, okay. This is about the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life to to say that Americans are more violent because we own more weapons. Hmm. Well, number one, we just saw that in China, a dude, you know, stabbed 22 children by himself. Uh, Two other attackers killed 29 people and injured 143 just with a knife, a hammer and a cleaver. But we have we own more weapons. But we can also do this. We own more televisions. We own more homes. We own bigger homes. We own more vehicles. We own more air conditioners. We own more computers. We have, uh, I mean, just go whatever else. You know, we have more headphones. Like I'm wearing in-ears right now. I guarantee you not very many people in China have headphones and in-ears. There's probably some, but not a lot of them. They can't afford them. We have more microphones. We have more heaters in our homes. I bet we have more uh, Tempur-Pedic mattresses than the rest of the world. I bet we have more flat-screen televisions. I bet we have more doctors. We have more money. That's what happens whenever you're a superpower. We have a lot of money in the United States. We work. Well, a lot of us work for our money, so we have a little bit of spending money. So, yes, some of us like to go buy firearms. I own a few myself. I own some rifles. I own some handguns. I like them. I don't, I, don't, I don't have to have them, but I like them. I have my carry permit, so I carry. So, I mean, there's no problem with that. Does that mean that I'm more violent than anybody else? No, that just means that I had the money, so I went and bought, bought a few. Where the counterpart of Steven that's living in Europe or whatever else may not have the money for that or living in China or India or whatever may not have the money for that. I mean, it's just, it's just a dumb comparison. 
But but that's the president for you guys. Uh, no mass no mass killings happen in any other countries, even though we just went through an entire list of all the killings that did happen in other countries. And and how insulting is that to say that this doesn't happen in other countries? Whenever we we just went through the Charlie Hebdo thing in January, five months ago. I mean, that was not only uh, a shooting incident, that that was a First Amendment thing that we talked about saying, look, we should be able to, to write satire and not have to get, you know, not have to worry about getting murdered over it. We should be able to do jokes without be, being murdered over it and all that kind of stuff. We went through a massive debate in this country and the president just conveniently forgets about that. I think he knows whatever he says, somebody's going to jump on his bandwagon, you know, and that, that's the way to do it. Absolutely. A controversial topic. He knows people are going to drink the Kool-Aid, so to speak. You're, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. It's, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's just dumb. But whenever we come back, we'll talk just a little bit more about this, and then we're going to move on. I have a couple of things about race that we're going to talk about in NBC. And then we're going to move on to uh, salon.com. I got a couple of things to say about them, and I got a couple more things whenever we come back. You are listening to The Stephen Ferguson Show on News Talk 1520 KOKC. Sometimes one person can make a difference. A classroom aide who stays after school to help a student understand a problem? A computer technician who retrieves a once-lost term paper from a disc? Or a doctor who has run out of options on an operating table? Each of those careers may require one thing that is not being taught in today's classrooms. Critical thinking. Instead of learning how to copy and paste phrases from Shakespeare, or how to repeat dates they may or may not have read in a history book, Students should be learning who and why they were fighting on St. Crispin's Day and why that date is important. The school building should be where students learn to think critically, solve problems, and cooperate with each other. This week, instead of asking a student about a date or asking them trivial repetitive questions, ask them to solve a problem that will take more than a single sentence to answer. These skills are critical in shaping the future of the United States of America. A message from Stephen Ferguson and Apollo Radio Arts. Fort Reno may have begun as a simple military camp in 1874, but one of the most intriguing stories is the fact that Fort Reno, it was once home to the 9th and 10th Cavalry of an all-black regiment called the Buffalo Soldiers. In 1907, they became so highly respected for their bravery, poise, and skill in battle that military leaders, they appointed the 9th Cavalry to teach future officers riding instruction, mounted drill, and tactics at West Point Military Academy until 1947. To learn more about this story and all the activities going on at Fort Reno, visit fortreno.com. We served our country like those before us. The camaraderie is what kept me going. You know, it was a dangerous area. All of Vietnam was dangerous. I didn't know what to expect when I got back. For the first 10 years after I got out, no one would have known that I was in the service. I got home, got married two weeks later, got a job. We came back, built lives, families, and communities, but we still had challenges. The carnage of war left an indelible mark on me. I would have intrusive thoughts. They're horrible nightmares. Services and support that can help are available for veterans. I went to the VA, talked to my doctor. I started doing groups. I started doing one-on-one counseling. 
We found ways to move past these challenges for ourselves and for our families. At MakeTheConnection.net, you can hear our stories and find tools and services available to you. The more I talk to people, family, friends, other vets, the better I feel. Game Time Inflatables, home of indoor parties and outdoor mobile fun. When you're in bed at 2 a.m. and realize that your 9-year-old and all 15 of his friends just spent the entire day eating cake, cookies, and getting all jacked up on Mountain Dew, you'll remember you should have called Game Time. Whether you want to bring the party to us or have us bring the party to you, one thing I can promise, your kids will sleep after a Game Time party. Located just west of Eastern on 27th Street, give them a call, 793-9595 or GameTime-Inflatables.com. Welcome back to the Stephen Ferguson Show. News Talk 1520 KOKC. So one of the big debates that I've seen on Facebook, and I put a deal out, I put a little, uh, I don't know, just a note out on Facebook last night, and uh it's just so frustrating because you see the ignorance of people. You see the, just the, the utter stupidity of the human race. And this is why number one, Barack Obama was elected twice. Number two, why Nancy Pelosi is still in office. And uh, number three, frankly, why Tom Cole is still in office. Oh, he's a Republican. I can't say that. Sorry. I know how you feel about Republicans. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. But, uh, there's these, all, there's all these people out there saying that, well, they took this guy alive because cops are, of course, racist. Cops are always racist now. So they took this guy alive. His name's Dylan Stormroof. I don't know if Storm is actually his middle name or if that's just something that he made up and he wanted to sound tough or if Storm is really his middle name. I don't know. But that's what the media is calling him now is Dylan Stormroof. That's what's on his uh, website. That's what's on his Facebook page, all that kind of stuff. So there was the, all these memes, you know, with showing him being walked out of the house with a bulletproof vest on, all that kind of stuff, his hands behind his back, all the cops around just walking him out of the house. And then you see what happened in McKinney, Texas. And you see that, um, you know, they, they had the girl on the ground that was resisting arrest and all that kind of stuff. And they say, well, you know, he, he was arrested for killing nine people and uh, peacefully arrested. And then they show this, you know, cop throwing the black girl to the ground. And what did she do? Well, number one, he didn't resist arrest. So that's why he wasn't thrown to the ground and all that kind of stuff. But then I saw this meme and I, I really loved it. Do you remember a name, Lee Boyd Malvo? No, I don't. This was the DC sniper. He oh, killed yeah. 16 people. In the trunk of his car. Yep. He killed 16 people simply because they were white. It was all racially motivated. He was also apprehended without incident and given a bulletproof vest. Now, whenever they walked him, uh, whenever they caught him, they walked him to the police car. They put a bulletproof vest on him, put his hands behind his back. Same exact, same exact thing. Dude's black. Well, I don't know. Rachel, that Rachel Dolger or whatever, she's white and black at the same time. So maybe... Maybe Dylan's actually black and, and Lee is actually white now. Or maybe they're an Oreo. <laughs> they're just the different sides of the same cookie. Possibly. Possibly. It's that Oreo that should have been thrown out. But but you see all these these 
these people saying that the police are racist because they didn't kill him. That's just the one that you don't want people just going around killing people just because, you know, you think that that he might be guilty. I'm pretty sure he's guilty. But I mean, the police that they have to arrest and they can't just walk up and shoot the man in the face just because the public wants him to. They have to arrest him. They arraign him. They try him and then they sentence him. I mean, he's probably going to get the death penalty. I can't see him not doing it. The man's 21 years old. He's not a kid. You know, he killed nine people in cold blood. He he told people he was going to do it. And uh, so, I mean, I, I can, he's probably going to get the death penalty. But then all these same people that were against the death penalty, whenever it's a black man on trial, are going to say, uh, are, well, are they going to say, well, the death penalty is racist. We should We should abolish the death penalty. Well, now you're wanting the police to shoot him in the face and not take him alive. What's the difference between shooting him in the face and putting a needle in his arm. Good well, the question. difference is you're getting a, an alcohol swab so he don't get an infection. I mean, the bullet could be dirty, so get an infection whenever you shoot him in the face. But that it's just stupid. Oh, and then uh, the Carolina Panthers owner, Jerry Richardson, he donated $10,000 to each of the nine families. Mm-hmm. The, they actually donated, uh, it says $100,000 total, um, to to the uh, families of the Charleston victims, but it said that he donated at very least ten thousand dollars to each of the nine families who lost a loved one. That way, it could help with the funeral and and any other any other financial needs that they might have. Yeah. So I mean, that's awesome. That's oh, by the way, uh, he's white. So I, I, he's racist too, I guess. The only reason I say that is because everything's about race now. Everybody's a racist. Oh my gosh, uh, white man killed a black guy. Or, or black people, that means all whites are all whites are uh, racist. By the way, talking about that, Salon.com put out these two. Well, they 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 didn't put them out at the same time, but it was found. I can't remember who actually found it. Um, let's see here, who found it? Actually, it says Weasel Zippers, which is a pretty cool website. They're just kind of they they find a whole lot of stuff. They have a lot of time on their hand, and um, <laughs> my printer ink was going out, so it's hard to read this. And basically on the left side is the tweet just after the shooting. And it says white Americans must, uh, what does that say? Oh, white Americans must answer for the Charleston church massacre on that side. And then on the other side, it said, uh, Muslims, basically it says Muslims don't need to apologize for the Sarnayev brothers. So, there, so on one hand, you're saying white Americans, all white Americans must answer for this one nut job. But Muslims don't have to answer for the Sarnayev brothers for the Boston bombing. I've got a question for you. Who's the real racist here? I mean, that right there is racism in itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the man and the man that shot those nine people, he was a racist. Oh, yeah, no but, doubt. But for Salon to put this kind of crap out, that you're absolutely right. That is racism in itself. To say all whites have to answer for the... That's that collective mentality. That's what I'm talking about with gay marriage and all that kind of stuff. What he does, I mean, unless he harms someone close to me, has no bearing on me. I mean, yes, it's very sad what happened there. And I, my prayers are going out for those families. But... His, his, my salvation has nothing to do with him. 
if he does something bad, that doesn't affect me whatsoever. And, and I'm not saying that emotionally or anything like that. I'm just saying that, that whenever he does something bad, I don't have to pay for it. Yeah. I, I don't have to pay for the sins of anybody else. Yeah, I never expected any Muslim to apologize anyway. You exactly. Know? Exactly. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing about, about Muslims that we, we're going to have to figure out. My microphone just fell off. That's all right. But, uh, that's the thing about, about the Muslims that they need to understand. Whenever we get mad at one uh, group like ISIS or the uh, Taliban or Al-Qaeda or Osama bin Laden or whatever, that does not mean that we're condemning all Muslims. That just means that we're pissed off because no other Muslims seem to stand up and say enough is enough. Because, look, there's a, lot, there's, there's a huge debate right now, and I don't know enough about the Muslim faith. I wish I did. I, I wish I have read the Quran more. I've read a little bit of it, and what I've read of it, I don't like. I, I do not agree with hardly anything in there. Um, what I do read is insane to me. Um, you know, a lot of people like to compare the, the Quran to, to the Old Testament and the Bible, and I, I don't agree with that at all. But the difference is in the Old Testament, there's some things that I, that I don't like to read, but I still have to read it. But the, the difference is, whenever Jesus, whenever Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, he wiped away the old law. We don't have to follow old law anymore. Do we still need to read it? Do we still need to learn from it? Absolutely, yes. But we don't have to follow that old law anymore. We don't have to sacrifice lambs anymore. We don't have to sacrifice uh, our son anymore or anything like that. We don't have to do that because the perfect lamb was already sacrificed on the cross. 2000 years ago. He did that for us. Well, the Muslim faith doesn't have that. So they're still living under that old law, the Sharia law, to where eye for an eye, hand for a hand. I mean, if you go over there right now, there's a video online of a Jewish man, it's a, presumably a Jewish man, or an, they, they say he's an Israeli spy. I don't know if he actually was, but they're, they're literally taking the man apart limb by limb in this video. I mean, it's, it's nasty stuff. I mean, they're savages over there and not all Muslims are savages, but we need people like Sudi Josser to stand up because Sudi Josser is a reformist. He, he's come up and said, look, you guys are interpreting this all wrong. He, he's a peaceful man. He's a, he's, he's a Muslim, but he's, he's the peaceful, he's a peaceful guy. He's like, look, you're, and I don't know. I don't know if they are interpreting it wrong. Or if they're actually just doing it, if they're interpreting it at a literal point, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a Muslim. I'm not a Muslim scholar. But they need to have that debate. And nobody wants to stand up and have that debate because as soon as someone does stand up, they put out, they put out a fatwa against them. And then, you know, two weeks later, they're murdered. They're, they got their head chopped off or something. It's insane. But it's just, it's, it's crazy to me. But whenever we come back, I want to talk a little bit about Donald Trump, and then we'll talk a little Brian Williams, NBC, and how ironic is it that now we have a black anchor, but we haven't hardly even heard about it over at NBC? Racism? I don't know. We'll be right back. You are listening to The Stephen Ferguson Show on News Talk 1520 KOKC. KOKC. 
In an ever-changing world where violence is on the rise, where the laws of the land protect the guilty and condemn the innocent, in times like these where murder, rape, assault and battery, child molestation and burglary lie in wait to pounce on the weak and the innocent, Roy Jones and Tim Campbell want you to know there is a legal, simple way to protect yourselves and your loved ones. It's called Concealed Carry. Roy and Tim teach a biblically and spiritually based Concealed Carry class with only your protection as a goal. They have been featured in the Baptist Messenger, several men's and women's magazines, as well as local newspapers. They have references and will even come to your church to teach the classes. The bad guy has a plan. You need a plan to protect yourselves as well. The classes are only $50. In Luke chapter 11, verse 21, Jesus Christ said, When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. Give Roy and Tim a call today. Call 405-659-1276. That's 405-659-1276. Or visit them on the web at CampbellSelfDefense.com. Fort Reno may have begun as a simple military camp in 1874, but one of the most intriguing stories is the fact that Fort Reno, it was once home to the 9th and 10th Cavalry of an all-black regiment called the Buffalo Soldiers. In 1907, they became so highly respected for their bravery, poise, and skill in battle that military leaders, they appointed the 9th Cavalry to teach future officers riding instruction, mounted drill, and tactics at West Point Military Academy until 1947. To learn more about this story and all the activities going on at Fort Reno, visit fortreno.com. Org. Game Time Inflatables, home of indoor parties and outdoor mobile fun. When you're in bed at 2 a.m. and realize that your 9-year-old and all 15 of his friends just spent the entire day eating cake, cookies, and getting all jacked up on Mountain Dew, you'll remember you should have called Game Time. Whether you want to bring the party to us or have us bring the party to you, one thing I can promise, your kids will sleep after a Game Time party. Located just west of Eastern on 27th Street, give them a call, 793-9595 or GameTime-Inflatables.com. Sometimes one person can make a difference. A classroom aide who stays after school to help a student understand a problem, a computer technician who retrieves a once-lost term paper from a disc, or a doctor who has run out of options on an operating table. Each of those careers may require one thing that is not being taught in today's classrooms. Critical thinking. Instead of learning how to copy and paste phrases from Shakespeare, or how to repeat dates they may or may not have read in a history book, students should be learning who and why they were fighting on St. Crispin's Day and why that date is important. The school building should be where students learn to think critically, solve problems, and cooperate with each other. This week, instead of asking a student about a date or asking them trivial repetitive questions, ask them to solve a problem that will take more than a single sentence to answer. These skills are critical in shaping the future of the United States of America. A message from Stephen Ferguson and Apollo Radio Arts. Welcome back to the Stephen Ferguson Show. News Talk 1520 KOKC. So uh, the Republican Party has a new new candidate. His name's Donald Trump. How you feeling about that, Jeremy? I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Uh, he's kind of like a circus act, you know. That's kind of what I took from the whole situation. Is his hair real? Yeah, it's a comb over, I believe. Like, is, is it actually attached on top of his head? 
I think it comes from right at the back, and he just comes it forward. It comes right at the where the skull starts to bend down. <laughs> he just combs it right over. It's real pretty. My, yeah, it might be. I mean, that is horrible. I mean, it's the worst hair job I've ever hair job I've ever seen. You think in my a life. man worth ten billion dollars could uh, do something a little better than that? You man. know, I don't think he's worth that much. I think I he says he's worth like nine point five billion dollars, yeah. something like that. Forbes came out and estimated four point four billion. Um, I don't think he's worth that much. I I mean, I think he's worth a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. I think he's worth a lot of money, but nine billion dollars. That's how do you how'd you double your your worth in in a year? I don't know. That's good crazy. question. That's crazy to me. But here's the thing. We were talking about this before we went on air. And uh, it might be a good thing that he's in the race just because of the, the conversations that he will start. Because like like Jeremy was saying before, he is he's not afraid to call anybody out. No. I mean, he'll call you out. He I mean like look what he was doing with the with the birth certificate thing. I mean, he didn't care. It made him look like a jackass. He's like, Hey, let me see the birth certificate. I'll put out my birth certificate. What can I see your birth certificate? You were born in Newfoundland. You know, or whatever it was, you know, but it, it I don't know. It, number one, it didn't matter because his mom was a was born in the United, United States. States. So the the Supreme Court, which I didn't know this, you know, a few years ago, this was uh, a Supreme Court case that that's which is why Ted Cruz, Cruz can run. Can run. Mm-hmm. Um, Ted Cruz was born in Canada, and because his mother was born in the United States, he is a natural born citizen. To be a natural born citizen means that whenever you are born. You are an American citizen. That does not mean that you have to come and file to be an American citizen. That just means that you automatically have American citizenship whenever you are born. Yeah, it's your birthright. It's your birth. You are an American citizen by birthright. So Ted Cruz was a citizen of the United States of America by birth just because his mom was an American citizen whenever he whenever he was born. Um Barack Obama, the same thing. His mother was an American citizen. So even if he was born in Canada, which, by the way, this was all brought up by Hillary Clinton. This was a Clinton thing. This was not a Republican thing that that brought this up. For some reason, the, the media, you know, just kept perpetuating that that the the Republicans were doing this and all this kind of crap. So anytime it, it got brought up, it was all oh, the Republicans want to see my birth certificate. No, we didn't. I don't personally. I didn't care because I always thought that, you know what, even if he. Because back then, I didn't know about this Supreme Court case. I just never heard about it. So I was like, you know what? We lost. I don't care. Move on. There's a lot of di- there's a lot of other things to, to worry about. But even if he was born in Kenya, it wouldn't matter. So whatever. But Donald Trump still wants to bring that up. Uh, but the man is not a conservative. And Louder with Crowder came out with this great list of, of things. And he just said, look, we just want to vet Donald Trump. And um, this kind of thing really bothers me because whenever we talk about Donald Trump, he likes to open his mouth a lot, <laughs> a lot. without thinking. And uh, he, he bashes the Clinton Foundation. I agree with that part of it. Bash the Clinton Foundation because it's, all it is is just there to, to hide money, to fund, to, to fund whatever. And it's, it's basically just a way for people to pay for favor. Is what it is. People will say, hey, I'll give you $10 million. Come make a speech and make sure this happens in the State Department. Make sure our business gets this deal. Make sure, 
you know, our, our company is the one handling this and whatever, the, whatever the case may be. Oh, but Donald Trump gave over a hundred thousand dollars to the Clinton foundation. Well, all we know is it's over a hundred thousand dollars, but it's under 250,000. So for all we know, he could have gave $200,000, but the way these contributions work, we only know it's between a hundred and $250,000 that he gave to the Clinton foundation, but yet he bashes the foundation at the same time. So that's kind of weird. Since 1990, Trump has given um, over $541,650 to Democrats. That's more than he's given to Republicans over the same time period. In 2008, Donald Trump supported the Obama campaign. He said, uh, I was his biggest cheerleader. That was what he said in 2011. He said, if you go back three years, I'm saying do a great job. I thought he was a positive person always. So what happened? Oh, I think that he needs money. So he wants to get on TV. Trump has switched parties at very least five times since 1980 or since the 1980s, uh, three times since 2001. He switched parties. So, and I'm not a big Republican party guy. Um, I am registered a Republican, but I can't stand most of the Republicans. Even in my state, Mark Wayne Mullen, not a big fan. Tom Cole, I do not like it all. I, I slam Tom Cole all the time on this show. Don't like him at all. There's a lot of there's a lot of other ones in this state that I don't really care for. But but I am registered Republican because I want to be able to vote in the primary and try to get the best guy in there. Mm-hmm. For example, though, if Jeb Bush runs and he gets the candidacy, I will not vote Republican. I'm not voting Democrat either. I'll vote third party or I, I just simply won't vote. For example, for the governorship, I didn't vote. And a lot of people get mad. Well, well, vote uh, 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 if you don't vote, you're just voting for the other person. Well, no, not really, because yes, I would rather have Mary Fallon than the other guy, but I didn't want to put my name towards Mary Fallon because I disagreed with a lot of things. She was pro Common Core, just like Huckabee. I mean, she's she's very very just you know stick up her butt type of conservative. She's not really a conservative. She's stick up her butt type of old time Republican. And I just don't like it. To me, I just don't, I just don't like it. Um, he uses a disgusting amount of eminent domain in his business. Uh, there was even one time where he tried to evict an elderly widow just so he could build a limousine parking lot. This was in 1997. I mean, so he uses government power whenever it's to his advantage. So that's Donald Trump. The man is not a good guy at all. In 2000, he supported gun control, abortion, higher taxes, socialized health care. Oh, by the way, not too long ago, he's well, number one, he's always come out and said he wants to do a 35% tariff, which is stupid. You want to be a free trade type of guy. That's what I want in there, like a Ted Cruz. I want a free trade guy in there because as soon as you start putting uh, tariffs on all of our imports, guess what? Prices just go up. Because if you say, okay, well, we're just going to charge you 35% to import your import your stuff into our country, okay, our prices are going to go up 35%. That's just, or it's going to go up 40% just for the trouble. That's what's going to happen. Oh, you know who he wants for his vice president? Who's that? I was just thinking about that. Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, he wants Oprah as his vice president. That's hard to believe. Yeah, how stupid is that? Oprah is actually one of Obama's biggest supporters. 
called all of his critics racist, saying that if you uh, if you criticize the the president whatsoever, you must be racist. Um, Oprah Winfrey is very, 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 very progressive. She's she's almost further left than Barack Obama himself. She's probably more on the Michelle Obama train as far as how progressive she really is. But she but he wants he seriously wants Oprah Winfrey as his running mate. That's that's just part of what what's going on. She's with, not a Republican. No, she's not. Well, how's that going to work? I mean, you can run anybody, but I mean, <laughs> it's just dumb. And he's like, well, I think we'd do very well together. I think we would win easily. How? Because she's popular? No. That's not how it works. Before we run out of time, Brian Williams is officially out at NBC. I guess now he's going to be going over to MSNBC as a breaking news specialist guy. But uh, Lester Holt was introduced as the official uh, 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 anchor for the NBC Nightly News. He is the very first uh, solo African-American black anchor at NBC or any network um, uh, nightly news show. There's never been one. There has been one guy. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he was there for, uh, he was a co-anchor. He was not by himself. He was a co-anchor. I, I cannot remember his name at this time. I apologize for that. But how come that is not spread all over the place? Is that, is that how far we've come as a country? That, that we have our very first solo black nightly news anchor out of, at network television and it hardly even gets a peep. Hmm. Nobody thinks about it. Everyone's like, oh, Lester Holt. Cool. He's going to be our be the anchor now. Awesome. Well, my name's Stephen Ferguson. Thank you so much for listening today. Unfortunately, we're out of time. I will see you next week. God bless. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Tune in every Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m. to hear the Stephen Ferguson Show right here on News Talk 1520 KOKC.